Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. Hello and welcome to the pilot episode of Fighting Talk, loosely based on the Five Live programme of the same name. I have guests with me to talk about general issues in flag football and hopefully stir up some controversy with smile, with a smile, sorry, but no offence. Flag football, as we know it, is a team game plus a quarterback. Um, but first, we're, we're going to go into our first guest. Our first guest is Mike, Mick Smith, former Leicester Eagles player and coach and also XGB uh, women's defensive coordinator, um, often described as a man who has played, uh, actually he's never played a or coached a defensive down since 2011 um, and spends defensive drives tutting at Chris Noon, saying, think about it. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. I, I mean, I mean, just, just on that, think about it. Is there ever, ever more useless and terrifying infam- um, kind of uh, uh, message from your coach other than just to think about it? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I often use that specifically with Chris Noon. I often use that um, just as a, you know the answer to this. And if you can't come up with it in the next 10 seconds before the ball is snapped, you're an idiot. Um, which which is slightly different to most of my um, to most of my other coaching techniques, but then that's that was the, that was what Chris Noon brought out in me. Fair enough. <laughs> Second up is Mike Sullivan, co-founder and starting centre for the Sheffield Vipers for eight years, head coach for the first four, and we should perhaps ask at some point how and why he was removed from office um, <laughs> in those after those first four years. He stayed on for four years later. But however, currently banished to the barren wastelands of flag football. Um, Mike has officiated a lot of Opal series and other games too. And it is also, it says here, now I'm not going to do the accent, but I will actually. <laughs> a canny lad. Is that, is that, would you that's, describe yourself as a canny lad? Absolutely, I would, yes. And that's, that's quite a, a good approximation for Geordie accent. Well done, Andrew. That was. That was no when, no, no. I just don't do acts <laughs> offensive to, to the degree. Um, uh, but on to our headliner, though. Our headliner is Becky Rafferty. Becky started her career as part of the Elite Women's Project. Uh, Staffordshire Stallions, very, very briefly. Uh, that was a, a, a brave effort by Becky, Becky there uh, back in the day. Uh, then she moved on to the Teesside Steelers, um, last seen in flag football shirt with the Black Widows. Um, just co- just recovering now from uh, what was what was the injury? Remind me. I, I want to say ACL. Was yeah. it ACL, Becky? Yeah, my rupture. ACL. Ah man, that's uh, that, that. And how long? How how far away are we from seeing you back on the field? Uh, they reckon netball in June. Football is not till the end of the year, unfortunately. I think that includes flag because there is still lots of contact in flag. Yes, yeah, I've seen some of the netball matches, and they're they're pretty uh, 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 contacty, should I say? But yeah, they can. I guess we'll leave it to the experts. So if they decided that, it's probably the best thing. So, um, uh, uh, yeah. So uh, moving on. So uh, I'll just interject as well. So for those of you uh, who don't uh, know our esteemed host, it's Andrew Gambrell. Uh, in chronological order, he's a former Eagle, uh, Lion, Jet, EWP, a Lion again, and now a Black Widow. Uh, described by many as a legend of the game, um, probably not because of what he's done. It's more that most of what he claims to have done is potentially a myth, uh, as most of it happened so long ago. Uh, there's no one still alive to, uh, to corroborate it. So uh, welcome, Andrew. 
Uh, thank you. That's a, and that's a fair point. That is a fair point. I think actually you're my uh, uh, probably the only lasting member uh, who would remember anything that I have done. So um, you know, sleep easy tonight, so. <laughs> <laughs> or haven't done. That is the big question. <laughs> Let's get on with the show. Question question one. Uh, we'll start off with Mick. Should the UK Mick focus on developing our grassroots to encourage more players and teams to join? Or should we focus on raising our profile in Europe and the world? That's a very good question. It's a very big question um, as well. I think there is a split and I think I'll probably have to answer that in, in two different ways for, I guess, the mixed league and uh, the women's league. Um, I think just taking one, one element of that question initially, at its very heart, I think it is a grassroots game. I don't really think you can you could describe flag uh, as anything other than a grassroots game. Pretty much everything um, th- that it is, is you know, it counts as, as grassroots. There's no professionalism there. Um, there's nobody really being paid to coach, um, being paid to, to play. In fact, it's, it's obviously against the rules. Um, I think from the mixed leagues, point of view uh, where I would look at this the mixed game in, in this country there's an extremely healthy number of teams there now and I think that the growth and um, new teams coming along perhaps to replace some teams that fall away is happening quite organically so perhaps uh, there is an element that you would say with the mixed league that uh, yes absolutely um, we should be we should be looking to raise the profile whether it's through international tournaments or through the national team um, the, the the women's game is slightly different. I think maybe the numbers of teams aren't isn't quite as large. I, I still think there uh, there is yardage to be gained there in in expanding the number of teams. But um, I will say that I think the the profile element of the women's game um, is is potentially right now uh, exceptionally high, probably at its, at its high watermark right now, simply because of what the uh, national team did at the Euros last year. They were absolutely phenomenal. Um, obviously, just losing out in the uh, in the final. So I think that. Um, almost the opposite of the mixed league um that's happened organically they've 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 made a success um and rightly so with some of the athletes that were involved in that team they made a success um on the on the european stage and i'm sure they will uh, they will do so uh, at the worlds when they go there um but perhaps there is yardage to develop um certainly some more community clubs within the uh, within the women's game yeah that's that's a good point actually uh, when i when i kind of put that question it, um yeah the there is there are both the men's game or the mixed league, as you said, and the women's game have, uh, are at different stages and have and have and have developed in in uh, in different ways as well. So yeah, fair point. Mike Sullivan, focus Hello, on sir. the developing grassroots, or do we uh, focus more on our profile uh, across Europe and the world? Uh, I think mixed, right? And I don't think it's an either or question. I think it's an and question. I think you've got to do both. I think you can't raise your profile in Europe unless you've got a good game at home. And you can't do that without gra- good grassroots development. And we all started, you know, jumpers for goalposts in the park, um, to borrow from the fast show. And that's how we all came up. And there's still developing teams doing just that now. So um, I think it's important to encourage that. And I think the beauty of the game, it's a bit like soccer in that all you need is a ball and some cones. Uh, and away you go, um, even if you do two-hand touch. So it's a very easily accessible game for a lot of people. Um, and for that reason, it should be encouraged. But I think we should be still working to raise the standards of the game. And um, we're doing that in terms of the 
locations of uh, games and tournaments now where we are insisting on things like showers and toilets and so in some cases 3G or just good standard grass pitches. Um, so the development is happening, as Mick says, organically, and that's that's a really good thing. And I think until we uh, we get that up to a a, a, a good standard, a bet, perhaps a better standard nationally than we currently have. Um, but I think, as as he's already pointed out, we're we're already doing great things in Europe and have done. So I think um, doing both at the same time is is what we have been doing more recently, and what we still should continue to do. Mike, if I was awarding points uh, like uh, like our uh, the, the, uh, the original program did with from the BBC, okay. I would actually give you at least five bonus points for referencing the fast show. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, that's not the case today. Um, and Becky, I mean, I mean, I suppose you're maybe at a similar disadvantage to me, Becky. Um, I'm a, very much out of touch with the mixed league, um, so I don't know whether it's probably just. Um, worthwhile focusing your answer on the the opal series feel free to open it up to the to the mixed league but you know um you know just from uh, from the women's game point of view um should the uk focus on the grassroots or uh, the world domination that we we seem to be hurtling towards i mean i completely agree with both mick and mike like they go completely hand in hand you can't have the amazing Europe, you can't have the GB teams that we have without the grassroots start. And for me, from a teacher's point of view as well, I think starting that grassroots and getting it into schools, it helps with the fine motor skills, gross motor skills and the thinking capacity for children. So not only they get to have fun, get fit, but everything that comes with flag American football just creates that whole rounder of a person. And I think it's just, it's so important and starting in that grassroots section, we're going to make what's already an amazing programme even better. Like I've been part of the women's GB trials and year on year, they were just amazing. The competition was phenomenal. And for me, getting a chance to see all these amazing people coming back and then more joining, I think that both need to be done. But I do, I do think I swear more towards grassroots really needs to be pushed personally from the women's point of view. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, Becky overshadowing everything by bringing science into it, <laughs> motor skills and that. But uh, just to just to uh, kind of remonstrate with all th- all of you, um, you've all ju- this is called fighting talk, and you've all just agreed. So <laughs> that's that's, your, that's that's an opening warning. I'll give you. I'll let you have that. Uh, but um, I mean, actually, uh, our next question and and uh, and Mike kind of led off with that so we'll we'll uh, as, uh, sorry alluded to to one element uh, of, of this question and uh, so we'll lead off with mike um, should we continue to push up our sports standards regarding the venues or make it accessible for more teams um and i know in the past there's been uh, quite a debate where uh, particularly from the mixed league where i, I think the, the the classic one was the toilets were um a quite a you know almost a bus ride away from the pitches and that made it uh, incredibly difficult but uh yeah mike what's your view on the, the the standard of the sport venues at the moment and what what should our focus be um again it's probably going to be an and rather than either or um but i think it's the standard has increased massively in probably the last two to three years and there's been a real shift in terms of the numbers of players and teams joining the league in that period and an increase in the standard of uh, not just play, but the location of the venues. 
and that's been needed. It's been absolutely necessary. There's been a lot of complaints through the Facebook groups and online about literally having to use bushes for toilets and there being no showers at all. Um, that comes with grassroots development when things are just getting off the ground. And I don't know whether it's worth, if you want some fighting talk, whether sort of starting to bring in elements of um, who's looking after the game and who's kind of pushing development of the game. There was talk, I sort of was talking a, year, a few years ago about some sort of welcome pack for new teams because if you're talking about grassroots development, a lot of teams just kind of pop up and kind of like, they just, they really don't know what they're doing. And we've got a great community on social media that they can reach out to for help. But in terms of just getting themselves started up and running, etc., um, there's a team, I'm going to, I think I'm going to get their name wrong, but it could be the Cleveland Mountaineers down near Becky's way. They popped up on Facebook, um, put up a few training um, events and then just seemed to have faded away. So I wonder uh, how many, and there was um, up here again, the the, um, the whole Sea Devils, I think they were called. Teams that people have probably never heard of, but have, that have popped up and then just faded away within a few months, certainly under a year. And I wonder what could have been done to have immediately reached out to those teams, supported them and helped them with the development, whether there's some sort of, I mean, a welcome packs just off the top of your head, an idea. Um, but I've diverted from the question uh, a little bit for a bit of spice. Um, but I think it's it really is necessary to um, have the standard of the venues up where it is now and to kind of continue to maintain that. Um, but also to get those teams that are literally just a few mates turning up in a park because they've watched a few NFL games as a lot of the teams started. Certainly know we started that way, the, Vi the Sheffield Vipers. Um, and how do we help those teams start and maintain the, the, sm the small growth that the, they've generated themselves? Good stuff. Good stuff. Actually, and just to just to uh, something else you alluded to about uh, 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 it was about the three G in the winter. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, this 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 uh, this uh, recent Opal series, we had uh, a number of cancellations um, due to playing on grass. Yeah, uh, and uh, we had a very wet, wet winter. Um, and uh, I mean, what what's your thoughts on that as a kind of a question, a second part to that question? Well, I don't necessarily know it's got to be 3G. I prefer playing on grass personally, but the standard of grass pitches tends to be pretty poor just because people end up playing in parks, usually down to finances. And that's that's a question for another time, I think. But um, I, I mean, obviously, rugby and soccer players on grass throughout the year, throughout the winter. They never have a real problem with it. I don't know that we should have a real problem with it if we can get a good standard of surface. Uh, that's kind of my view. Um I mean, there's evidence to show 3G increases uh, joint injuries, knee injuries. Is that is that really the case? I'm just a fan of uh, of the old grass getting a bit muddy and dirty. So I hear. Um, that's <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, uh, I mean, there you go. And, and he's up the science game there with the is that that's the Mike about the uh, 3G. Uh, actually, yeah, Becky, uh, your injury. How did that come about? Uh, it was a freak injury, actually. I saw a sideline. I saw a big, massive gap where there are no people trying to tackle me because obviously I was playing contact. And I just went, you know what? I'm going to go that way. And not even thinking throughout all of my flag career, I know, break down fully, get your feet settled, 
don't put all your weight through your leg. But no, I just went and dislocated my knee. So, yeah. <laughs> was that, on, that was on 3G, was it? Yeah, it was, yeah. We only play on 3G in contact. We're not allowed to play on grass because it gets called off too often. Ah, point made. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, what, what's your thoughts on that with, with Opal Series? Obviously, Opal Series plays in a, a similar kind of weather to the, uh, uh, the, the, the tackle um, the game. Uh, for women, so what's what's your thoughts on uh, grass versus uh, plastic pitches uh, during the winter? Well, I do love a good 4G pitch when they're nice and soft under your feet, especially with my nice moulded cleats. I do love a good 4G pitch, but at the end of the day, it's all about playing ball, and there's nothing wrong with getting a little bit muddy, and it adds to the it adds to it for me. Flag, yes, it can be serious, and I get that it sometimes needs to be serious. But at the end of the day, one of the reasons I play a flag is because of the fun that I get to have with the people around me, and that includes the other teams. The teams that you're playing against, yeah, right on the pitch, it's all right, we need to really focus. But we then turn around and we're having a laugh at the end of it. And it adds to the well, what might happen can't throw the ball so how are we gonna how are we gonna now fix it we can't throw the ball because it's far too windy the rain's lashing down we're not going to catch it what are we going to do instead and I think for me the focus should be on just get new teams out get new teams there because I don't have a team anymore and I would love nothing more than to have a team up here that I could play with but women because there's a choice of going to a men's team but at the end of the day sometimes that doesn't work out I know that a lot of mixed teams do but when you're a single female going into a men's team it's not always the best situation that's a fair point yeah and I think uh, yeah you've got a fairly uh, unique insight from uh, where is this panel's concerned so that's a, absolutely a fair point um, Mick moving on to you push up the sports standards re regarding venues or still be still be taking a taking a poop in the bushes what's your thoughts <laughs> well I, I think we can um I, th I think it's an interesting one because i think you, you can you can do both at the end of the day i think um just just going off something that, that that mike said um about i guess mates down the park and uh, and that's how certain teams form and, and how certain teams flourish i know i know from my point of view with certainly the well, throughout the whole period of the Eagles, but certainly towards the, the later years of the Eagles, we existed with a very, very small group of people, basically just became a group of mates. Training was was down a local park, followed by beer afterwards. And, and I'm convinced that I wouldn't have kept the club going as long as I had if I'd have, if I'd have turned around and sort of said, well, actually, guys, what we're going to do is we, we, we're going we're gonna to go to a local football club or a local 3G pitch, but it's going to cost us four or five pound ahead to, tra to train. I'm convinced that, that we continued um, and had some success purely because I guess our entry point coming down to train with us was down a local park. That said, definitely if you're hosting a game day, there is, it's almost, it's almost for me absurd that it has to be said that you need to provide a decent surface. You know, you need to provide a decent surface. You need to provide changing rooms um, and you need to be able to provide toilets. Um, now, we, with the Eagles, used to have a connection at a local rugby club. So we had that pretty much all covered. We ended up, I think, on about the third or fourth team pitch, but it was still a better surface than a local park. Um, and then latterly, we actually did end up down at a local park when it was a, it was a pitch that the council prepared for us so it was all marked out nice and flat and all prepared so i think that um pushing i guess those standards up i it's almost something that i don't necessarily think 
needs to happen, certainly on game day, shouldn't need to happen because I think it should just kind of come um, naturally. You know, that, that, that you, if you're hosting a game day, if there's games going on, you provide a minimum level of service and, and a decent and a decent surface. Um, I'm all for grass, by the way. I don't particularly like playing flag myself on uh, on 3 or 4G. Um, I find it a little bit too... I always found it a little bit unforgiving, which is is um, when I'm playing soccer, it's the complete opposite because it's it's a far better surface to play soccer on. On flag, I would always always much rather have that that great leveler of um, you know it gets a bit muddy. You know who, who's now more intelligent to change their game. You know the ball sliding, everything like that, and and you don't quite get that. I don't think on on three G. Um, so I guess for me, I think I think we shouldn't. We absolutely shouldn't. Be, be looking to preclude clubs and groups of people who want that mates down the park feel about it because a lot of successful teams have come out that way but certainly when it comes to hosting a game day or hosting games that, that it should be unsaid that there's a, there's a minimum standard that you need to reach and I think certainly from my experience we've always aspired to reach a, a good standard of pitch and a good standard of facilities because because it's, it's a sport at the end of the day Good stuff, good stuff uh, Let's move on Question three, uh, talking about the big ball, uh, I, um, I think I, I think I think we'd all agree it is the kind of the the biggest uh, European tournament. It's the one we all want to play with, play in. Um, um, I, I, I've coached there. I know Becky's Becky's played there. Have you? Have you, uh, Mike Mick? Have you played at or coached at Big Bowl? Not me personally. Uh, I'd always love to go. We we used to get invited by Rudy for his New Orleans Waves uh, team ah, that okay. he took every year, but it was a bit financially prohibitive. At the, just it seemed to be every year, unfortunately, with uh, being in the middle of the summer. So no. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. Did you big bold? Have you big bold? Uh, similar yeah. for me. No, I was I was asked by ah, okay. uh, Neil Neil and Rudy, um, but no, I've I've never been able to make it. Uh, able to make it, unfortunately. All oh, right, but so I mean, because the question is here. I mean, it's it's interesting what you say there, Mike, about it being financially prohibited. Imagine if we could do something that big to that scale on home turf, um, uh, old grass. Um, what do what, what's the what's the panel's thoughts? Uh, let's let's lead off with, uh, with with Mick on this one. Could we take on the big bowl and stage a bigger and better event in the UK? I think my answer to this is actually quite straightforward because I think if, if you just say, could we do something bigger and better? Yeah, I guess you could. I think, I think what I would say is why, why would we want to do something that we're classing as bigger and better? I think Big Bowl serves a great purpose for a lot of, uh, a lot of people. I think across the world, there are people that love it. Um, it's, it's thoroughly established. So I just kind of think, do you know what? I think to, to something Becky alluded to about the flag community, the flag community is a great community. Don't take it on us and try and do something bigger and better. If we want to stage international tournaments, I know flagging new year, for example, is, is really kind of gathering pace every year. Um, let Big Bowl be Big Bowl because there are people that love it because it's Big Bowl, if that makes sense. If we want to do something here, let's put our own spin on it. Let's let's do our own thing. I don't think we should be looking at it and thinking, yeah, the GB can, you know, UK or, or can, can, can beat Big Bowl. We can put on a better tournament than Big Bowl because I think it's one of those people are going to love it because it's Big Bowl. So I think don't don't take it on. But could we do something? Could we do a big international tournament? Yeah, but but, you know, let's us do us. Fair enough. Now, Becky, I think one of your first games was actually in the big bowl against Israel. I mean, um, I mean, and you were, I think you were not, were you 90? Were you still a teenager at the time? 
Um, I feel like I was twenty. Might have been nineteen twenty. Yeah, I was. It was yeah, yeah. my birthday actually, because it's in May. Big Ball, right close to my birthday, and I think it was mainly a birthday present. Was the only reason I could go to Big Ball. I got everything paid for while I was at uni. But it was it's, it was the most amazing weekend I've ever had with football, and I can say that hand on heart. Like the way we were all able to come together, and it it was just phenomenal. But I do agree that we couldn't replicate it here, not only for the fact that the weather is nowhere near close. (laughs) It was beautiful when we were there. I mean, I got the most awful sunburn, but it was a great weekend. But when we hosted Sweden, when I played for part of the Silver Lions up in Glasgow, that, that was amazing. So doing something like that, where we've got that indoor facility, I think that may be where we could, if we wanted to, put like Mick said, our own spin on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that it is an amazing venue, um, and I think particularly for the time of year, I think going indoor uh, in Glasgow is 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 perfect. And yeah, there's not a great deal of competition uh, at that time of year for it. And so, uh, yeah, so that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, uh, Mike Sullivan, big ball. I think pretty much people have said what needs to be said about it. I think um, Mick's right about making it our own. Don't take on something that already exists and try and do it better. Put a different spin on it. Um, made me think of Wigan's pie ball. I think that's brilliant, brilliant idea. Um, but and Becky's right as well. Something that um, it's just such a great atmosphere. Every year I hear people having fantastic times and the stories and the, the stuff you see online about big ball and the experiences people have there. That's what you want to create. That's what you want to capture. Something that captures the feeling and the emotions of people. Um, and get them excited and excited about wanting to come back. So it's, you know, the suppliers that are there, people go, you know, our, our great word of the team is stash. People buy stash, um, you know, team gear, the, all the, uh, the suppliers that are there. And then it's just the people from the teams. There are the big parties at night, all of that sort of thing. So there's, there's more than one aspect of just going to play flag. It's, it's what you create around that and the buzz you create around it. I think also Germany's got an advantage in that they're fairly central relatively in Europe. Um, we're obviously not, but it's how you create it, uh, what you make it, how how attractive you make it to people to want to come. And I think you're right that um, they've done a great thing in Glasgow. And I think time of year as well for that. It's uh, there's nothing going on around that time. It's a great way to get uh, get some buzz happening in January. But I definitely think we could do our own thing and do it well. Okay. Well, all this concord is starting to. Uh... Uh, irritate them slightly. <laughs> so we're going to. Uh, I can't. I can't imagine there's going to be agreement on this quest, next question. So I'm going to lead off with Becky. Becky, is it a pull, a tag, or a tackle? It's a tackle. It is a tackle. Rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Explain yourself. Tackle. It, it's what I've always known it as. It just that's what it is. It's a tackle. You've tackled someone, whether it's actual full contact or not, it's a tackle. <laughs> that's a that's a good start. Is, uh, I mean, I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna give Mike or Mick the option. Whoever's gonna argue gets to have the chance. Is any, or if you're gonna agree, uh, well, I'm gonna be disappointed in both of you. But is anyone gonna argue <laughs> with with uh, with Becky there? I'll go for it for the crack, just because I can argue with myself in a telephone box. So. Um... <laughs> Uh, absolute rubbish. Excellent. I mean, Becky plays tackle. She's going to like tackle the word tackle because she plays tackle. You know, so um, I think it's it's a tag. You've been tagged. I mean, pull. What's a pull? You pull a cracker. 
But um, <laughs> it's it's the tag. Yeah, you've tagged somebody. But if it's a tag, that's like when you're in school and you're running around the playground and you go, tag, I tagged you. <laughs> that's not the same thing. It's different. Yeah, but if you've tackled <laughs> somebody, you, you, I mean, you, you've, you've taken them out. You've wrapped it. It's a wrap tackle. No, it's definitely a tag. What do you wear? You wear tags. Flags. It's, you wear flags. It's not called, it's not called tag football. It's got, it's, called le- flag. it's got the letters E and G in it. Flag tag. <laughs> Come at me, bro. <laughs> is that enough? Let's go, Mick. Is that enough? Let's go, Mick. Let's go, Mick. Uh, what you got? Uh, well, I, I think I'm going to I'm going to get in trouble because I'm I'm going to agree. It's a tackle. It's always been a tackle for me. But I think I think um, looking at it relatively relatively seriously, there's a lot of analogous stuff with with making a tackle in contact. You've got to get your angles right. You've got to get your weight set right. You can use both of your hands and your body to in inverted commas wrap up the ball carrier. There's a lot of analogous stuff. It's it, it just is. It's a tackle. It's it's. You could say it's something else, but you'd be wrong. Ooh. So Mike, Mike wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I just argued to make a counterpoint. I actually agree with you all. So, <laughs> so, uh, I just sort of took a contrary stance for the crack. So I agree. <laughs> it's a tackle. <laughs> what are the refs the tackle made? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Um, I'm what I'm just going to do, uh, just for the. Uh, but all of us who just went to an ordinary school, um, it's just, I'm just Googling the word. Now, what was that word, Mick? Just say it, pronounce it for me again. I think I've spelled analogous. it right. That's a great word. Analogous. I don't comparable, think can... comparable in certain, certain respects, typically in a way which makes clearer the nature of the things compared. Well, that's made it all the more clearer for me. I hope that's <laughs> you uh, at home. Um, I don't think I... we can invite Mick back, to be quite honest with you. Um, he's, the words he's using are far too advanced for um, yeah. the just average panellist, just... I think. I, I was going to say, yeah. And, and, and just for, uh, I, I, and you're all wrong, it's a pull. It's, you know, <laughs> what, is our, what is our most famous, apart from First and Fifteen, obviously, because who we are representing today, it's called pulling the flag. You, you, pull, the, you pull the flag. It's Like you say, tackle is... Uh, is is a is is well is is a brutish thing. I hate it. So uh, it, it's tag is yeah. It, that's a, that's a playground unless you're passing something on with a tag. So uh, either a disease or um, <laughs> uh, or or a, or a game element. But it's a pull. So in that um, respect, though, Andrew, in that respect, it should be called a flag. And I know there are also flags on the play, but you're pulling yeah. the flag. Therefore, you've been yeah. flagged. So if you're going to go flag, the ball, yeah, but in that sense, you can't call it a pull. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, we've got to go a bit deeper with this. I think we just need to restart the whole <laughs> the whole game. Because yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's, I mean, actually, it's a, it's one for a future episode. It's it's like I, what, I, and I I just realised that it's a, you know, when you when you meet that friend for the first time and they and you you try and you get you have to take a deep breath when you tell them what sport is your, you know, you play <laughs> and you say flag football and you get that blank thousand mile stare back at you. Um, but that's for another episode there. Uh, but yeah, actually, if anyone's out there, start working on that one. Cause that's going to be an opener soon is uh, how do you explain flag football? And you've probably only got 30 seconds before you lose them. <laughs> uh, if that, so, um, okay. So um, question five in this, uh, in this uh, uh, series of cues is, um, yeah, so you've got your, you've got a, a team of average Joes and a superstar, um, and in a game that you want to win, where do you put your best player? 
let's go. Let's let's lead off with Mike. Where do you put your best player in uh, a, a team of average Joes, offense and defense? Um, for questions like this, I always need context. So it depends on the skill of that particular player. They could be as rapid as anything, but have hands of stone. So you kind of need to know what their skill set is. Um, so I would, I would, I'm saying a god of the game can do anything. Uh, you know, um, oh, I'm trying to think. There's a there's a song about David Watts was one. Um, basically, um, I suppose if it's uh, uh, it's like Michael Jordan in Space Jam. <laughs> That's what I've we're never, doing. I've That's never where we're going with that. Film. So I've never seen what? that film. I know. What? I know. I know. I'm sorry. It's going to be lots of complaints written into the show. I know, but uh, there you go. Facts as they as they stand. Um, an all star. Again, it's going to be contextual. What What are you facing? Are you Are you um, Is this Is this for the entire game you're talking about? Where do you play them? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. I suppose it's a, yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to limit you to. They can only play that position. Um, yeah. So if, if you're um, for that day. If you're up against a team that plays three-one, um, and the safety you feel you can beat the safety, you're going to put them on outside wide, just send them deep every time and beat them on the long ball. Um, if that team has one, as if the team that you're playing against has one star player, you might man them up on D, play a zone, but um, put that person on a, a man read. So, it, it, to me, it's contextual. Totally dodging the question there, despite <laughs> so many clarifications. <laughs> But again, again, that's like minus 20 points. Not seen. Spe- Do you know what? Before I see you again, Mike, you've got to go and find an old VHS right. um, and, 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 and get Space Jam and your life will change. Mick, restore, restore my, restore uh, the, the, the credibility of this show. I mean, so if you are, you are the head coach of the, uh, the, the Looney Tunes, you've got Michael Jordan. And you're against, oh, I can't remember what the bad guys were calling that. We'll call them the Washington Generals. The Monsters. Um, that's right. Yes. I'm sure you've seen Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a long, long time ago. So, um, um, Mick, your answer. Yes, my answer. So, one position on either side of the ball with a team of average Joes uh, on defence. I am playing that player at free safety and I am just giving them one edict, which is go up and get the ball. Uh, on offence, I am playing them at centre. Uh, I think playing uh, a real athlete and playing a top player at, at centre causes um, so much disruption in so many coverages. The centre has got so many options of, as to how to work the field, especially if they're quick, athletic, um, tall. Um, it just causes so many potential uh, matchup challenges. So I am playing my, my Michael Jordan in your scenario at free safety on defence and centre on offence. Controversial. That is controversial. Uh, and actually, I support I support the centre. I mean, yeah, free safety is... Um, yeah, uh, safe bet, but uh, um, pardon the pun about um, center that's that's I mean, that often, uh, often not always, uh, you see it's 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 almost the inverse. Um, absolutely, I, I agree with that, yeah. It's uh, I've, that's what I've seen, um, and and yeah, center, I mean, um, it, it's, it's a huge position, it's a huge position, and it, you know, without a decent sense of the, the, the your offense doesn't start if you can't get that snap right. And like you say, for a, a QB, there's nothing like having that safe pair of hands, um, to uh, um, 
to, to be to rest in front of the QB. Um, that, it's, it's a good and um, moving. So actually, I just realised, of course, there's a lot of centres in this conversation. Really, <laughs> Mike Sullivan, Becky, you've played a lot of centre. I, I, I've seen you, and um, and I would actually say it's. But I'm going to go out on a limb there. I think it's one of your. I think it's your best position on offence. Um, I actually but, quite enjoyed playing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think a quarterback. You know, obviously, you've got your height advantage, uh, your, uh, your, your technical ability, your hands. I think it's uh, it, it, the centre becomes a QB's best friend. Um, so that's hopefully Becky signed up for Black Widows uh, for next season. <laughs> um, now I've done that. A bit of uh, a bit of uh, nice talk, Becky. Best player. It's Michael oh. Jordan. It's uh, it's the it's the it's the uh, the Looney Tunes. Where you where you playing him? Well, <clears throat> for defense, like me, Mike, I'm trying to remember which one said which, sorry. <laughs> like Mike, it's totally dependent because I agree with Mick, having them back there in safety. They can see everything, they, they know the play, they've got that football brain. However, playing linebacker as it is, I know it's not quite the same, but like standing directly in front of that center, being able to look and see if there are team that likes to hand the ball off and have a little bit of um, magic things going on in the background where there's all the different reverses and all that things. As that linebacker stood there watching, waiting, your opportunities to get that sack or to lose some yards is just amazing. So I think dependent, very dependent, but either safety or the linebacker. And I think I'd put them on offense as a receiver, so they get to show off all the little jazzy moves. The little jazzy moves. Yeah. The ja- I, like the, I like the fact that there's some magic going on in the backfield yeah. uh, for the linebacker to watch. <laughs> all of the magic. That's uh, uh, yeah. I've, I've been played linebacker a lot. I saw a lot of magic, and I didn't understand it. You know, which is a, you know, as most best, best magicians, I had no idea what was happening or where everything was going. So, um, it, um, it just summed up my linebacking career there. Really brings up some interesting ideas there because it's maybe for another time, but um, it's almost like what Mick said makes the centre to be the um, the offensive version of the blitz, very much underused and um, but the, the absolutely key position on the uh, on on the offensive side versus the defensive side. But yeah, chat for another time maybe. Good answers, good answers. Uh, starting to get a little bit of variation. So that's uh, we're not of the hive mind has finally been broken by that controversial uh, previous question. Um, just uh, taking it down a little bit. Um, I think uh, as flag footballers, it's a national sport, very much a national sport. Um, a lot of travelling involved, and I think we've all got our uh, our favourites in here here um, uh, to the point where I'm fairly confident. On the M1, the M6, um, and the M25, I could name pretty much in order all of the service stations. Um, but what is your favourite? I was going to say best, but you know it's a very subjective one. What is your favourite service station on away day games, Becky? See, when I saw the question, I kept thinking and thinking and thinking, what on earth the name of this one is? Bear in mind how much I travelled. Far yeah, from, yeah. especially this yeah. time. Can't remember the name of it, but it's got like the Chinese and it's got KFC, yeah. it's got the tacos. It's that one, but I can't think what it's called. 
Ah, well, oh, chosen noodle is often yeah. Anything with chosen noodle is in my top. Uh, it certainly gets to the top. Um, it depends what you where will you go because there's one at uh, on the M40 um, near um, Kings Norton. If if it's that one, that, and that's got two that's got two two levels to it. Upstairs is is the Starbucks. Um, no, it's only got one level, but it's because I'll always go for a taco. I love love a good post game taco. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? Oh. Me, <laughs> um, <laughs> Mick. What's your favourite? I mean, I mean, I suppose actually, yeah. It's uh, you know, we've also got to t- put in the context here of, of uh, our position in in on the map. Uh, but, uh, Mick, favourite favourite service station. So if if I was a if I was an awful hipster, I would probably say uh, the Gloucester services. Um, but I'm not going to say that because I'm not an awful hipster. Um, the, if if we were looking at the service station World Cup. The final would be uh, Toddington in the south versus the Woolly Edge in the north. Uh, and I would give it to the Woolly Edge simply because the scenery in the country generally gets nicer the further north you go. So we'll go for the Woolly Edge for me, Andrew. Beautiful answer. Beautiful answer. Um, yeah, yeah, the Gloucester one. I think I, I like to go and look at it, but I can't afford even a cup of coffee in that place. <laughs> I don't, it's not a service, is it a service station or is it just a farmer's, uh, like a farmer's outlet? It's, uh, you know, it's a farm store, really. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever been, have you ever seen that one, Mike? I don't know if you've ever allowed that far south. No, absolutely not. Um, I don't have the passport to clearance to uh, get <laughs> yeah. that far south. The accent's picked up straight away, and I'm returned to the border. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 a it's a it's a beautiful looking one. It's it's like carved into a hillside, um, wow. and and it's 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 um, I'm trying to think. It's like a Holland and Barrett kind of. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of the you know. It's, it's a bit. It's a very posh, and I literally I I went in once. I was all excited. I was going to have my my main meal of the day there, and I had some chips and a coffee, and it broke me because it was <laughs> so expensive. So yeah, I guess the yeah, you'd have to be on a hipster's wage, Mick, to uh, to get in there. Um, but Mike, what's your what's your shout? Um, I'm gonna bring in controversy again and give two answers. Um, it's got to be Weatherby for me. It's it's big, it's sprawling, it's um, full of life, full of people, massive, and purely for the fact it's got about six costas in it, <laughs> um, which is. Um, phenomenal there's a there's a main costa inside there's even then a little costa stand outside the main costa indoors there's a costa machine in the wh smiths uh in, right across from the two costa stands there is a little mobile costa right outside the front door and then there's a garage further on which has a costa in there as well and i think there's i remember totaling them up there's like six around now i can't remember the location either too uh but the second answer is um, there's a lovely one in scotland and i don't know where it is I don't even know which motorway it's off, but I remember going up there to Glasgow one time, stopping off. And it's like Mick says, it was just beautiful. It's uh, it's just surrounded by green. You had to pull off the motorway, so you can't really see the motorway. And it's got a little pond lake thing next to it. And it was just got big glass windows and just sitting with a coffee there at six in the morning, looking out across it was, uh, was a gorgeous experience. Happy days, happy mm. days. I, I, I mean, one of uh, I mean, mine used always was Oxford Services. If you've ever been there on the M40, um, nice little fountains on the outside, big spread. It was just, it was beautiful. However, um, that was fine when I lived in Coventry, but now um, living a lot further south in the, in Warwickshire, um, it's just too close. 
you know, <laughs> you, you've got no excuse. I've got no excuse to stop off there after after a like a like forty minutes driving. It's not even forty minutes actually, and it's like, oh, should we stop here? It's like, no, we're not even close to being. You know, you know, I, I, what what I tend to do sometimes is just. Um, uh, before I leave, just fill film myself up with fluids, and then it's like I've got to go to the toilet, and then there's the excuse <laughs> to go in. But it's 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 a poor it's a poor strategy. If you're on a two stop, if you're on a one stop strategy, um, you're kind of blowing it quite early. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I, I thought we'd have a more of a consensus, other than but I suppose the only consensus is um, the Gloucester ones are are not for us, uh, not for us flag footballing types. So um, okay, I think it's one of the that best brings things. us. It's one of the best things about the game, though, is the travel. I mean, a lot of people complain about travel, but I love traveling, man. I think it's great when you just get the team into the cars and stop off at the service stations before and after the game. A lot of banter. Just a great, great thing. Yeah, co-sign that. Absolutely. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, 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 it's interesting. I mean, a lot of the time in sports, you get the home and away, uh, you know, home away and advantage. But I think sometimes, um, you know, like on the on the home games, it's literally you you you're meeting up with everyone two minutes before. Yeah, before before kickoff. Whereas uh, uh, on the away games, you get you know some of the coaches and the kind of uh, the intellectuals, aka uh, Mick Smith, on the on the, <laughs> on the team can talk over the can talk over the the, the tactics, and you can just you can just uh, give a uh, you know the rookies are hip to the you know what's something that's going to happen, and yeah, and yeah, like you say, the team spirit grows. Um, so actually, uh, possibly an advantage for away, but yeah, I'm the same. Love yeah. the travel. Um, it's all kind of it's all part of it, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, back in the early days when it was all it was it was. I remember um, I used to in the same year traveling to Chichester um, and uh, uh, and then further up uh, to oh uh, the the original Northern team, John Tate's team, Woodham, 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 yeah. Wooden yeah, so, um, wow. yeah, yeah, sort of uh, in the same, almost in the same month, I'd end up playing those, and uh, you know, whilst it's um, the car took a bit of a beat. I mean, I mean, you, 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 you know this this one. Any other, any other business that you wanted to add? Um, have I got any other business? I don't know whether I have. Sounds like oh, a no, no, no. Hang oh. on, I think I have. I think I have. I personally believe uh, that we should um, uh, outlaw custom gloves. That's just uh, it's just a little. Um, little Mike Sullivan's coming back on that one. <laughs> Someone hold him back. And Someone hold mid, him back. That's a mid thirties grumpy old man answer. I think. I think you know, buy, buy some off the shelf gloves. That's fine. But yeah, custom gloves. Nah, no, not for me. Sorry, Mike. Oh, dude, that is whack. <laughs> <laughs> no man we're all about the stash this is listen i'm only here for the gear was my statement my go-to <laughs> statement no idea. this is all the gear and no idea that was our best a lifetime in the in the game about that it's all about the stash, the stash all about the swag um as much custom bling as you can fit on a person um get it out there looks like it look like a dog's dinner that's um that, that's that's my signature move there yeah wear as many bright colors as you can Tart yourself up. It's great fun. <laughs> it, it genuinely does frustrate me. I, I, I play. I, I play yeah, some, no, no, sorry. Oh. No, I play soccer a couple of times a week, and once upon a time when I was a kid, to buy a flashy pair of boots, they would be the expensive ones. It'd be just the normal black boots that would be the cheap ones. It's completely reversed now. When I need to buy a new pair of boots, I can get like a horrible lorry green colour for about twenty-five quid. But if I want just like a nice pair of black Adidas with white stripes on, it's going to cost me ninety quid. When is that? Where? Why is that a thing? It's absurd. 
<laughs> Becky, Becky, as as the only adult in the room, <laughs> I'm going to ask you to to, to kind of um, we've got a hung jury now, and uh, we're going to go with a majority vote. So you know, are you siding with Mick or are you siding with Mike? You've got 50 seconds. On the fence a little bit, but I'm going to go more towards Mike. One of the girls on my team has just got some custom boots, and they are unreal. Yay. So I'm going with the custom <laughs> Morning, I'm green in the game. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to uh, Fighting Talk on First and 15. Uh, this was the pilot episode. Um, get us, let us know if uh, you liked it. or uh, But if you didn't like it, don't let us know. We don't care. Um, but uh, all it leaves in me now is to say thank you to our three guests, uh, Mick Smith. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Mike Sullivan. Enchanté. <laughs> and uh, Becky Raverty. Thanks, Ra- Raverty. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I made your name into a, I put a V in your name for there, yep. Raverty. <laughs> it is Becky Raverty. Um, yes, so um, that's all from Fighting Talk, this pilot episode. Hopefully we will see you won't see us we won't see you we'll only be hearing but uh, yeah namaste that wraps up this episode find us on facebook at first and 15 podcast give us a like to keep up with all of our shows also check out our sponsor nuola for all your customized sportswear supplies